Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. Uh, I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. And as you guys know, we have just joined the In The Money Podcast Network. It's very cool. We have a lot of great podcasters on this network, including uh, Peter Farnatel and Jonathan Kinchin, two of my very good friends. And you can get all the shows on the In The Money media feed at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, check out InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Joining me today from Saudi Arabia, the great Michelle Yu. Michelle, how is Saudi Arabia? Yay! Well, Billy, Saudi Arabia has been good so far. I uh, arrived at about 2 o'clock this morning and got to my hotel by about 6 o'clock this morning, spent the afternoon at the track, and now it's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm about ready to go to bed to get up for track work in the morning. Okay. Well, we're, we, obviously, we're going to do our three things of note, uh, but just before we do that, who looks great in, in Saudi? Well, I haven't seen a single horse yet. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. They're so just ruined. You know. Well, well that just ruins the entire segment. From, so, <laughs> from looking at the photos, I have to say, Nick's go looks like he's training with his usual vigor. I talked to Brad Cox before I left, and he said this horse is a very in the bridle type horse, and he looks like he is being that same exact animal. Um, so, I was obviously thrilled to see that. And then um, I was looking at some of the foreign horses when they got here. And as they come off of the airplane, they were being like listed, like, who's this, who's this, who's this. And there were a couple of those horses that I thought were um, super good looking. I think Prince of Iran looked absolutely sensational getting off of the airplane. And I really like Mishrif as well. All right. Good. Good to know. We'll see that race. I believe it's when is it? Saturday? Saturday, Saturday oh, night, and wow, uh, uh, stateside, it's going to be covered. The undercard is going to be on TVG, and then Fox 1, Fox 2 will have the undercard, and then the Golden Hour, which is the Saudi Cup itself, is going to be on Fox. Fantastic, and we look forward to your coverage. You always do a great job. I thought you were remarkable last year, and we look forward to seeing you on that. Let's talk about three things of note. Uh, my friend Mike Shavari sent us uh, some music. He thought the Wayne's World theme, like the three things of note, owner's box, three things of note, would be good. We're going to keep working on it. <laughs> um, number one, Michelle, go. Number one is going global, which is very apropos, but not exactly what we're talking about. Uh, this horse made her U.S. debut for Phil Diamato in the Sweet Life for CYBT, Sal Gerdeves, Mike Nentwig, and uh, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name now. Ah. Ray Paganos. Oh, and you. just looked sensational in that race. Yeah, she laid it down. Flavia and Pratt had a great weekend after uh, now teaming up with Brad Pegram. Big news. We could have made that a three things of note. But uh, we chose not to, and congratulations. Phil D'Amato is actually uh, unbelievably on fire right now on the grass uh, with these first-time imports. I think that's probably his, like, 15th win, even though it's really only, like, five. But um, he's dominant, and congratulations to Technically, them. Billy, we, we still could make it one of our three things of note because it's not like we laid out what they were. That's true. So how about three things of note? Flavian Pratt fired his agent, Derek Lawson, who's been with him since the get-go. I, I believe they've been there about five years. 
Uh, they've won a Kentucky Derby. They've won the Queen's Play. They've won numerous races, and they decided to part ways. Uh, Flavian is right on the precipice of 1,000 wins, and Derek did book his mounts all the way through this weekend, and he had a crazy good weekend. He had a three-win day. He had a four-win day. Um, his book will now be taken over by Brad Pegoro, who is also the agent for Mike Smith. He was also the agent for Drayden Van Dyke, and Drayden Van Dyke kind of got uh, sent to the curb there when Flavian Pratt came in. And Gary Stevens has now picked up Drayden Van Dyke's book. And this may seem like it's a little crazy, but in Southern California, those are big moves going on. Yes, they are. And I think uh, all will benefit. I know Drayden was riding with some uh, extra oomph this weekend, and it was good to see. And it's nice to see Gary Stevens back out there as well. Um, Michelle, those were kind of one and one A. What else do you have for three things and don't? Uh, Maxfield. How about Maxfield? back on the uh, the racing tab. I feel like this Colt has been just brilliant in the limited starts that we've got to see him in. Um, he was able to win the mineshaft and his return to the races for 2021. I thought there was a chance they were going to bring him to Saudi. They, they didn't. Um, maybe Dubai going to be on the plate for him. But when we talk about our classic type horses, I feel like he's going to fit the bill. And as long as he stays sound, he should be a horse that's going to be a Breeders' Cup type horse come you know the end of the year. 100 percent michelle do you know why i'm horse <laughs> uh and i mean of, horse, of course of course Billy. yes I, I think it's probably from yelling at me because i tried to ruin your chances at santa anita and we're not even going to talk about that michelle you were excited and you got a little out of your, out of your head and you were rooting on a filly up at golden gate and uh scarto who is one of our favorite horses and he has kind of i think he's getting kind of like a cult following he's this little fireball of a horse and he's really cool and he 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 won a two other than on saturday afternoon for mike pipey it was kind of a comeback race after a little brief rest because he had been running in graded stakes and getting beaten by the likes of smooth like straight and 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 a lot all the good three-year-old turfers and he ran really well and it was really exciting and i was screaming like crazy and then we came right back yesterday with one of your favorite horses and mine and the public, my boy Tate, who is seven years old, won the Holly Hughes at Aqueduct for the second time. He won it back in 2018 for Michelle Nevin. And this little guy, he's such a terror, Michelle. He he goes he he terrorizes everybody in the in the He's barn. so cool. He's a really, really cool horse. He's earned over five hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars now and uh, hasn't lost a step. So it was really great to see him back and, and credit Michelle Nevin and all the Little Red Feather partners. As Michelle knows and as the people on the show listen to, I don't usually pimp Little Red Feather on the show. That's not what this is about, but it was a great weekend, and I can barely talk. So, ha- so uh, I will say this, Billy, by the way. I was an original Scarto fan. I believed I used him in every stakes race that he ran in. So uh, just want to throw that out there. I appreciate that, Michelle, and so does he. We have a great guest today, and we're going to get to him right now. His name's Ryan X-Line, X-Line Border Racing. And you are going to find out about um, Giant Expectations, Storm the Court, and his new star, Michelle. Did you see this guy run? What's his name? Uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. Dream what? something. <laughs> I thought you had it. I was like, that was the layup for you. You know, these guys all do, they do, uh, they do. um, uh, All I can think about is absolute unit winning this week. (laughs) (laughs) Dream Shake is his name. So is it Dream Press? Dream Dream Shake. Shake. I'm never going to remember his name. Dream Shake. So we're going to find out all about that. Don't forget Champagne Room. That's who I thought the setup was going to be. Champagne Room too. We're going to find out all about Ryan X-Line, how he got into 
uh, horse ownership right here on the owner's box coming up right now. Ryan Xline joining us on the owner's box. Ryan, thanks for coming on today, bud. Hey, thanks for having me. X, X-Line Border Racing, we're going to talk about some great horses. And Michelle knows that uh, for some reason, every year you guys come up with a big horse. It's Giant Expectations. It's Storm the Court. It's now Dream Shake. And we're going to get into all of that. But tell, uh, tell our audience a little bit how you got into the game and, and horse ownership. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Indianapolis uh, and moved to California, to San Diego uh, in 2010. And I didn't know anything about horse racing. So even though I was only a few hours north of uh, Churchill Downs, I didn't really follow uh, much besides probably the Triple Crown Trail uh, annually. But moving here, um, I went to the races at Del Mar uh, when I moved here. And uh, the first time I went to the track, um, I did not know what I was doing. Uh, and somehow, collectively amongst four or five friends, uh, we had managed to each win a couple hundred bucks on the first day. And there was a, uh, I'll never forget, there was a horse in the last race named Headache. And uh, we all decided to I put I loved Headache. <laughs> yeah. There like was a Maker's horse named horror. Headache. Yeah. And uh, we all decided to put our money, pool our money together and bet Headache. And so I want to say four to one, maybe, were the odds on Headache. And we had probably $600. And so my buddy's wife went and put a bet in at Del Mar for $600 went on headache. And she comes back to the trackside table that we were at. And she's like, I don't know what happened, but they gave me a voucher for headache to win for $600, but did not take my money. <laughs> so, Oh God. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Okay. So headache, headache then wins. Uh, four to one. And so we cashed the ticket and, uh, that's never happened since, but I was kind of hooked. I said, well, this is easy. So I started coming back to the track, uh, uh, frequently to Del Mar and, uh, uh, really enjoying kind of the social scene, got more into, uh, the sport, uh, and trying to understand it. And a few years later, um, decided to, to jump into ownership and put together a group of friends uh, to go to the sale and uh, found our bloodstock agent, Marette Farrell, and went to uh, Ocala with a budget. And uh, we bought She's a Smoke Show, uh, who won the grade three seniorita here. Santa Anita uh, recently is the, uh, is the mayor of Princess Noir. Oh, right. And uh, yeah. And uh Found Peter Erton at the sale, didn't have a trainer, and that kind of jump-started us into the thoroughbred ownership business, and it's kind of just uh, transcended from there. Interesting. I, I want to... I got to ask oh, about... Oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, first... Michelle. Go ahead, Michelle. Sorry. From Saudi. I've been trying to text you, Billy. I know. I want to ask about that first sale, because uh, I know that... <laughs> I've read this, that you went into it with a $50,000 budget, but you yeah. spent a tiny bit more than that. So how did that go over with your partners? Uh, you know, uh, we've, that was, we pretty much had a friends and family group at that time. Uh, and, uh, I had gotten in touch with Moret. I told her we had $50,000. We went down there and, uh, that was a pretty eye opening experience. That doesn't get you very far as uh, you both know <laughs> in Ocala. So, uh, <laughs> we struck out early and often and there was this Wilco Philly that Moret just loved. And, um, she said, Hey, you know, if you guys can come up on this horse, you know, I'll, uh, 
I'll come in as an owner with you. Um, you know, I'll waive my commissions. I'll, I, I believe in this horse. And that was enough to kind of push me into getting it done. So we spent a hundred and uh, had to call the owners and, and say, Hey, uh, you're, uh, you need, if you want your same percentage, you have to uh, double up. And all of them did. And I think they were rewarded uh, from that. So it is, I, but that's the most stressful horse I've ever had because I felt pressure from day one of, you know, these people getting a return or, you know, having fun. And so her winning that stake and then subsequently selling for a nice price when we decided to sell her, um, you know, got us some owners for life. And that was uh, uh, just a really special, special horse for us. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Moret that she's bought from you since day one? How did you come across her? What did you like about her? And, uh, you, you know, how does that whole process work? So uh, I have a, uh, met a guy at the racetrack, a friend of mine, Rick Trance, who's bred horses in Kentucky and comes out for the summer here at uh, Del Mar. When I had uh, decided it was I wanted to buy one, uh, I had asked him for some recommendations. And I'd interviewed three or four people. Uh, and uh, I sent him read an email and told her that uh, my promise to her was that I would I don't know anything about this. So I'm just going to let you do your job and uh, kind of stay out of um, stay out of trying to act like I know more than I do know, because I wanted to find the best people to work with that were honest, hardworking, uh, trustworthy. And, uh, I go, I went into that environment thinking I was the, uh, least intelligent person in the room. And so thankfully she took us on, uh, we've have a great relationship since then. She buys all of our horses. Uh, and I don't give her very many restrictions. I think that for kind of our business model, uh, we want to buy the best athlete, um, you know, and at times that means that you not for us that we bought horses, uh, giant expectations, uh, storm the court that haven't had necessarily the best pedigree or pages. Um, so we try not to be absolutist and I try to give her free reign to, to find uh, the best athletes for us to bring here to California and run with Peter. And it's been a really good marriage from Moret to Peter. I think the way she buys horses, the way he's patiently and, how, and patient, how he trains them has led to uh, some success for us. And she is, uh, her and her team of uh, Moret and Tesha and Zoe are three just incredibly, incredibly hardworking women. They hit the sales ground early and they're there late. Uh, and they really are invested into our success. And um, that goes a, a long way for us. This is Ryan Excellent That's joining amazing. us on the horse, on, on the uh, owner's box. I always forget the name of our new show. Um, go ahead, Michelle. You have a follow-up from Moret. Yes, uh, Ryan. You mentioned she was willing to accept you as a client. Are there institution? Are there instances that uh, uh, a bloodstock agent might say, "No, thank you. I don't want to buy for you." Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't speak for all of them, but I think Moret could probably buy as many horses as she wanted at the sale. I think she's proven her success, and I think that she's. Um, you know, does not do that. If you look at the horses that she does buy, she's um, works for uh, a few groups of people. Um, and that was attractive to me early on uh, because I wanted someone that didn't have a lot of uh, other clients um, buying that they were buying for. It's always kind of hard to tell when that happens, if you're getting their number one choice or their number 50 choice. And so I'm not sure I can't speak for anyone else, but um, she's kept her, her web pretty small um of who she does buy for uh and thankful that uh, she's on our team and uh that we 
uh, get lucky enough to work with her annually. Moret's a very, very good bloodstock agent and even better person. I know her well. Ryan, you talked about the fact that you you didn't really know anything going into horse ownership. What did you find was the biggest barrier of entry into this sport? I think I think uh, accessibility. Um, I, it was hard to research and find. It was at that point in time. This is 2013 uh, or 2015. It was so 13. It was hard to find even find a bloodstock agent or um, a lot of them don't have websites. It's hard to find people's contact information. You can't just, I don't think you could just Google, uh, you know, Bob Baffert or Peter and find their phone number online. Um, it, seemed, <laughs> maybe Baffert. it seemed like it was, yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> it seemed like it was hard, hard to find the right connection points. Um, and there's not a, and it seems like there's a lot of, long-termers that have been in this business that have done it a certain way. And I think what's great about uh, Billy, your outfit and little red feather and uh, some of the other larger syndicates is that they do present an opportunity of accessibility uh, for people that are interested that don't, that, that want to get in and want to get a taste of it. Um, and, and that's really taken off since 2013. Uh, but early on, it seemed to be, at least for me, difficult to navigate. How do you even go about doing this? And when we went to that sale and didn't even have a trainer, uh, that was another process. Uh, we kind of got lucky to uh, find Peter, um, and uh, we had had a relationship with Armando Lahi, uh, who was at Golden Gate at the time, and I had known him a little bit, and and he recommended Peter to us, and that's how we uh, we landed on Peter. I, they were in each other's weddings and were uh, really good friends, and it it worked out well for us. It's worked out very well. We've talked about giant expectations, storm the court. We're going to talk about dream shake. But before we do, you brought up business plan. Those were your words. I think a lot of people come into this sport and they don't necessarily have a business plan. Yours is working. Describe what went into the, that, uh, your business plan, what you were thinking about, and how you've been able to maintain it. Yeah, so I think we've all probably changed as we've gotten going. You know, we were a one-horse-a-year outfit, and we'd go – and we'd buy a horse for around $100,000. And if it turned out, great. And if it didn't, we'd go back the next year. Um, and that changed with giant expectations. And then after that champagne room um, and their successes of giving us probably more visibility to people interested in buying from an owner perspective, as well as uh, more capital to buy. Um, our goals in the beginning, some of them are still the same. One, you know, we always are going to put the horse first and foremost. Um, that's the first thing in our business plan. And, and Peter is great at that. You know, he is a, a patient trainer um, this year and kind of the success, the recent success of some of our, of our now three-year-olds, uh, you know, last year was a weird year. A lot of horses came in from the sales with some minor issues and, and we're thankful he's patient with them to get them to where they are now. Um, we wanted to work with honest people with integrity, um, which is still kind of uh, cornerstones of our business model and then have fun. Uh, people have to have want to have fun. Uh, if if this is a business that people think they're going to get into and make a lot of money, <laughs> they're not. Uh, but it is something that is a lot of fun. There's not a feeling in the world like winning a race, and whether that's a, you know, a claiming ten thousand dollar race or a Breeders' Cup, it is a it is a thrill um, to do that. And uh, we've got a good group of people. Um, we have so my family involved. We have some good friends involved. Uh, we have partners and clients that have come to us through some of our success we've had the last few years. And 
uh, just trying to build on that, but also at the same time, kind of maintain um, kind of the scale that we feel really comfortable at. And uh, uh, which is probably around between 10 and 20 horses in total, where we feel we can really cater to our ownership groups that have those horses and, and manage them correctly. I totally forgot to mention Lady Mystify and how impressive she was the other day. So you now have Lady Mystify on the on the Phillies and 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 Dream Shake on the on the boys. And well, Billy, I mean, yeah. it's like every single day a horse wins by a hundred. Yeah, I just texted Michelle. <laughs> I think she won by a hundred lengths. <clears throat> I know Pete's always <laughs> been really high on that Philly. How, what did you pay for Lady Mystify? It wasn't it wasn't too much. Uh, three hundred and fifteen, maybe three ten. Yeah, I mean, but it might be worth much. She might be worth much more than that shortly. Michelle, I know you had an experience question for Ryan X-Line. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of twofold. First of all, I just want to know about winning the Breeders' Cup, you know, two different times, how it felt to finally get to run a horse in the Kentucky Derby. And then also back to the Breeders' Cup, you've, you know, emerged with champions out of there. Do you think it's by coincidence or is it by planning that you end up with, uh, with juvenile champions? Or it could just be luck. You could say luck also. It's okay. Yeah, it's definitely, there's definitely a lot of luck in this uh, business. <laughs> but uh, we, you know, I think from a Breeders' Cup perspective, um, the juvenile route, you know, you feel a little more, uh, uh, like you can roll the dice a little bit more, uh, at least I do. Um, you know, there seems to be some big numbers that pop up there every year. These two-year-olds are changing every race. And kind of looking back to, to Storm, you know, he broke his maiden here at Del Mar. Um, and then, you know, had a, had a really unfortunate event happen in the, uh, uh, in the juvenile here where he uh, lost a rider, came back, ran, ran a decent third, galloped out well in the American Pharaoh Stakes. And it was like, okay, we saw enough in the American Pharaoh Stakes to say, hey, it's, you know, uh, this is a home game. It's at Santa Anita. Um, you know, it's enough to, for us to roll the dice on. Cool story about Storm is he actually wasn't Breeders' Cup nominated, and we paid the supplemental fee before his first race uh, to the Breeders' Cup. So um, it had been something we had kind of ha- had our eye on or at least had hoped for with him. And uh, winning one of those races, I mean, I don't – I love the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I think it's the best horseman's event that's put on by far – uh, you know, to, to be in this business with a, uh, a friend and, and a business partner, Justin Border, and get to be down and, and win a race like that on national television. And uh, you kind of lose control real quickly of, uh, of uh, your emotions. I think Justin probably broke four or five people's ribs hugging them that day. Um, That's what it's all about. We've, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I'm left bruised afterwards, but it is uh, it is something it is something that is. Uh, you, you're always, I'm always striving to get back there. That is my goal every year is to have to, if we, we want to have a horse every year in the Breeders' Cup, that's a, uh, a goal of mine every year. And, and we've been fortunate to, you know, for the last five years, have horses in the Breeders' Cup and to win two of them with Champagne Room and, and Storm. Um, but, you know, we've ran giant expectations and I thought he was live a couple times in the, in the Breeders' Cup uh, mile and he's never fired his best race on, on that day. So it's, uh, it's definitely uh, it can go the other way as well uh, very quickly. And back to your question on the Derby, you know, last year was it's just such a weird year, and I think that um, you know hopefully someday we make it back uh, with a horse because I don't know that we got the full experience. <laughs> you know, doing the uh, the walkover was great, but with uh, you know fifteen hundred people there instead of you know hundred a thousand people, it's a little bit of a different uh, different experience and feel um, than uh, I've been before just as a fan and. 
and seeing all the people there and um, is um, is probably a big thrill to have as an owner when you have a horse there. And so we'll, we'll strive to get back there and hopefully get uh, a, uh, a COVID-free derby in the future. We, we want COVID-free everything. Uh, this is yeah, Brian Line here on the Owner's Box. Well, let's talk about derby because derby dreams are alive for Line Border right now with Dream Shake. Uh, you paid, I believe, 75000 Is that right? Yeah, 75000 75000 yeah. for this two-year-old. Uh, he comes out and debuts. He's got a bunch of big works, but interestingly enough, he's 20 to 1 in the race, and that's because of the presence of a horse named Bezos and some other really nice two-year-olds. And all this guy does is make this launch this like 13-wide move and blow everyone away. Were you, first of all, were you expecting that? And second of all, what the, the hell happened? The turn was crazy. You know, I, I had probably the highest expectations I've had for uh, a, a debut runner for Peter. Um, you know, we don't go into races. Peter doesn't win with a lot of first-time starters. You know, it's an education experience. They usually step up really big their second race. Um, you know, I had him singled every which way, pick four, pick five, rolling pick threes. So I, I felt really strong about his chances that day. And I knew he was going to be a decent price because all the money was going to funnel to two or three horses, and particularly one horse. Uh and I like the post. I thought, you know, we thought he may break a little slow. His, uh, his video gate drills, um, you know, were a half step slow out of the gate. And I thought, well, if you're on the outside here, at least he can kind of get into his uh, natural long uh, rhythmic stride and not have to be caught behind horses or, or pinched on the inside. And thankfully Joel got him out of there really sharply and uh, got a good position and, um, I don't, I didn't quite anticipate him to explode like he did, um, around the turn and the stretch, but, uh, it was, it was, uh, a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, we are, uh, now fully into the Derby trail, which, um, is kind of shocking since we felt like we had a year long Derby trail last year with storm the court, but never ended, um, <laughs> based on, based on the, the preps being spread out over about seven months, but. Uh, it is uh, exciting, and uh, we're excited. He'll work Saturday, and uh, if that goes well, we'll uh, run him in the uh, San Felipe uh, here at home at Santa Anita and see how he does around two turns. Michelle, before you go, because I know you have a question. Um, I, I know you have a question, Michelle, and I know we're on wait, a delay. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. I, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. I promise. I just want to make fun of Brian. I just want to make fun of Brian, though. That's the kind of friend that he is. I didn't hear anything about. I well, I didn't every single ticket. No, I didn't either. It was, it was some secret. There was a secret club going around of uh, people who knew about this horse. Did we lose him? Oh, there he is. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, I thought he, he's probably yeah, like saying, you know, "How do I get I, out of know, this?" Even though, yeah, even though I singled him, I uh, I didn't have the uh, I, I missed on uh, the pick five with the uh, the young lady who won her first ever race. Uh, oh, on the, Emily, uh, uh, the jockey. So Emily, yeah, that uh, she oh, kicked me out of the pick five. funny so. because that was my horse. That's 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 Michelle's horse. <laughs> oh my! That's See, if you guys would have talked, so if we, we would have done this last week together, and we would have uh, hit. You know, we would have won. We should have just combined tickets. Dang it! Hey, I have a question. Uh, we had Bill Strauss on last week, and he has a uh, Hot Rod Charlie and um, the Great One on the Derby Trail. And Bill also lives yep. down near you. He lives in Solana Beach. And he's been driving up every Saturday. Are you going to make these drives up to watch the horse breeze in the mornings? Uh, you know, the great thing about XBTV is they usually catch most of them for me. So I don't know that I'll be uh, 
uh, making that drive up for the works, but I will definitely be up there on March 6th. I think we'll have Storm in a race that day. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, Dream Shake in a race that day, and we have a first-time starter hopefully going in the maiden uh, uh, dirt race for boys, uh, three-year-old boys uh, on that day as well. So I will be up for that and uh, uh, try not to miss any any more races. I was not there for the uh, for the the maiden win a week ago. What? But, uh, definitely will. Yeah. What, what were you doing that was more important so than go watching Dream Shake? If you don't win, then we know you're the bad luck. Wait, I want to know where you were that day, and it better be good. It was. I was in Solana Beach. So um, I uh, I've been. Uh, I'm one of the fortunate ones to have been COVID vaccinated. So I was uh, within kind of a uh, two-week window of needing to kind of quarantine. I work at healthcare, so uh, around the elderly is my uh, uh, my career uh, managing senior living communities. And so I've been pretty cautious with uh, making sure that I don't uh, uh, bring anything into those communities. And so I was uh, quarantining while I'm in this two-week uh, window from post-vaccination. So I'm pretty much clear now, though. So I will be uh, I will be up there next time. I would say that's a legit excuse, Michelle. Do you agree? Yes, and now I feel bad about teasing him. Yeah, me too. Like I feel terrible. I feel like the whole interview is now just terrible. Right. Like, Ryan's like, I can't believe this. No, 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 no. It's all good. Idiots. Uh, Ryan Exline. What? Okay. Well, uh, well I, uh, wait, Michelle. Ryan... Before before you go, I want to know the name of the first time starter, don't you? And is it going to be twenty to one? Uh, the first time starter is Cherubic Factor uh, and uh, Factor Colt that we bought. I guess the last OBS sale, which would have been, I don't know, July or uh, whenever the last two-year-old one was last year. Uh, and he, uh, he's he been working well. Uh, I think, you know, you usually do get a pretty good price on Pete's first-time starter. So sure. he could be a decent price. Uh, we're excited to see him run. We have another one probably a month away that uh, Philly that we're really excited about, uh, Sharapova. Uh, Outwork uh, Philly we bought uh, at the same sale. And she's been, uh, she's been pretty impressive in the morning. And uh, is a big filly, and we've kind of had to take our time with her, but she's coming into her own. So those are the two hangovers on the bench from uh, last year's sale season. And I guess, uh, Billy, before you know it, we'll be back in uh, Ocala here in a few weeks doing it all over again. Oh, God, I can't wait. I'm so excited, actually. I need to get out of Los Angeles. You guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 is, there is something hey, refreshing Ryan, about, about going your... to Ocala. Yeah, it is. Go ahead, Michelle. <laughs> Hey Ryan, what about your what about your names? I feel like there's not a lot of rhyme and reason. We don't see a lot of continuity. It's not always based on parentage. Where where do they come from? Uh, well, naming horses is hard. I think uh, we probably. Uh, I wish the jockey club would post stats of who has the most rejected names because I think we'd probably uh, <laughs> like be towards the be towards the top mm. on uh, on rejected names. Why but do they get rejected? We. Uh, is it is it like uh, like uh, usually com usually mostly every time it's it's already been used but like they you know, like you know phonically well you know oh, phonically. like an There's online names book right that you oh, can he uses that it's you phonics. can definitely look those up yeah it's phonics <laughs> it's, it's phonics. like they will they will take a they will take a name that's spelled completely different but because phonically it's the same it's like they can't use it so that's why most bars are rejected but you know we have named some of our three-year-old Colts kind of basketball references. Um, I'm a huge NBA fan. My uh, first job at high school, I was a ball boy for the Indiana Pacers wow. um, from 1996 to, to 2000. So That's cool. um, I, yeah, it was a very cool first job. So I worked, uh, I was the head ball boy for the visiting team and got to meet a lot of cool people. And so we used some basketball references. So storm the court, um, 
we is is you know college basketball when the fans run the court uh, that's where that name came from and that did tie into both court vision and uh, my tiana storm the, the parents uh shooter shoots just a basketball reference uh which was a, a horse we bought two years ago and then a dream shake uh kim Olajuwon. dream shake was uh akim Olajuwon's post move when he played for the rockets and so that's kind of the reference there um other ones, we kind of let some of our, our partners and clients name them occasionally. But you're right. There really is no rhyme or reason. We're kind of all over the place. You say – oh, go like ahead, Michelle. it. Well, I like, now some of the basketball names are coming – some of the basketball names are coming through now, though. So I yeah. think that's that's very cool. I like – I always like to know where names come from so I can mention them on air because I don't think a lot of the everyday fan realizes how much work goes into naming a horse. Yeah, we've had a lot of people ask about Dream Shake. Some people thought it was a reference to shake weight. Oh, those shakes. Those shake. Yes, that's good. <laughs> no, those shake weight. Yeah, yeah I love like those. The wrist, the wrist curl shake weight yes. infomercial. Like, no. uh, uh, that's not it. But, uh, yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. Uh, Ryan X-Line joining us here in the owner's box. Ryan, we're going to let you go soon. But you've, you've gone from ball boy to breeder's cup. Uh, I just wanted to say that line. I thought it was really cool. Um, and in in such a short time, uh, what do you? What advice would you give to someone just getting into ownership? What, what's the most important piece that you've learned since you joined? Only you know eight short years ago. I think the the most important piece is to to surround yourself uh, with uh, people that you like to have fun with and spend time with and work with people that have integrity and are passionate and honest and hardworking people. Um, I think that our industry sometimes gets some black eyes on occasion. Uh, and, and, and sadly, a lot of the, 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 the bigger articles that are written about the sport sometimes are kind of on the negative light, but there are so many positives and there are, there's so much fun to be had and there are so many good people. Some of the best people I've met in any business I've been involved with are in the, are in the horse racing business and, uh, you know, seek out, interview people, find those people, um, you know, uh, try get into the game, work with people like, like little red feather or some of these other outfits that are, uh, are allowing people that buy nice horses and get people into them early. Um, I think those are great, great spots to start and, uh, find, find what works for you, uh, and, and, uh, focus on having fun, uh, because that's the one thing I think we can control is the, the times that we have and hopefully the tracks can uh, get opened up again, because I think that, you know, that's something that we're really missing right now uh, is the, is the connectivity of uh, human connection at the track and being there and having fun. And also uh, with the animal, you know, we have a, we have some partners that, you know, win or lose, they just really like going back and petting the horses and giving them cookies. And sadly we haven't been able to do that for a while. And I'm, I'm optimistic that when that returns um, uh, it'll, it'll be really beneficial to our sport. Ryan, you are well-spoken. You have done an amazing job. And we, I don't know if you know this, but when people come on the owner's box, it is good karma. So we will be now on Team Dream Shake and Team Lady Mystify and hopefully some of those uh, new ones that are coming up in a couple weeks. And we really appreciate you spending the time today. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me. Ryan X-Line. Michelle, all the way from Thank Saudi. Thank you so much. That's Ryan X-Line joining us in the owner's box. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan, what a, Michelle, well, another well-spoken uh, uh, guy who's done extremely well in a short period of time, almost like Bill Strauss.
Yeah, and you know what I really love too is that, and that's something that Morant is a credit to them is they do pick. I don't want to say unpopular, but you know they're out, they're not out there buying the uh, American Pharaohs and the Into Mischiefs. She's a Smoke Show was a Wilco. Um, Dream Shakes a twirling candy, although he's getting pretty hot. You know, he wasn't a forefront sire, I'd say. Look at Storm the Court by Court Vision, who, do you even know anyone that has another Court Vision? I mean, no. just a great job from that aspect. Well, I think when you're buying horses, and it's a very valuable lesson, and he mentioned it, he goes, we look for athletes. If you are not going to spend $500,000, $700,000 on a horse, um, you have to sacrifice something. And they have sacrificed pedigree, uh, and and that's that's really important. So um, I think we may have. Yeah, if you're. Uh, if oh, hey, you jumped back in. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you? Ju- sorry, you I'm never still, left. Yeah. We got Ryan Exline back. Thanks for saying that. Oh, sorry, I'm still here. I, I didn't know the show was still on. Sorry. Oh yeah, we like to do a little recap <laughs> well, and say how great you were. Yeah. Uh, thanks for all the nice words, guys. Appreciate it. I'm <laughs> and Michelle's back too. And Michelle's back too. <laughs> this is the greatest. Thanks. And Go, Michelle's back. Wait, in, Ryan right? wants to say another. I, I thought he hung up. Yeah, no. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you can you can keep going. Thank we can go you. all day. Oh, there he goes. Now he left. Now I just saw he left. So he liked just listening okay. and, and hearing to what we had to say uh, after the show. And then I I'm lost glad we said good things. It, I think, yeah. Wow. What if I would have said, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> no, never would have done I that. I tell you really. what, Ryan, Ryan uh, X-Line is one of the good guys in racing. A uh, young guy who, and obviously with the whole COVID thing, I thought that was a really nice story. I thought the fact that he... You know, we learn great things about people on the owner's box. And that's why we started the show, Michelle. I'm going to do yes. Soapbox for a minute. The fact that he was the ball boy for the opposing teams in the Indiana Pacers. Like, who who how, who finds that out? Except us. Right? How Gosh, cool is that? Gosh darn it. How cool is and that? And now I'm going to have a great little tidbit for when Dream Shake runs about his name. Yeah. I thought it was... I thought Just it was don't ask me to spell Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem the Dream. Um, all right. Listen. Company Twitter. At In The Money Media. Great way to keep up with all the shows. And subscribe to the newsletter at inthemoneypodcast.com forward slash email. In The Money Media. Michelle, this is great being on this network. I, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I was on the podcast with uh, Pete the other day, and we had a great time doing the late pick five at Santa Anita. I gave out some good picks, Michelle. You'd have been really proud of me. Good. Yeah. I'll be proud of you. I know. All right. Have a great time in Saudi Arabia. Thanks for listening to the Owner Box. We'll be back next week when Michelle returns with a new guest and uh, a new, just, you know, we'll just have a new flavor every week. We'll just do something fun. So thanks for listening. If you Yay. want to get in touch with us, uh, at Own a Horse is our Twitter handle. I'm at BKLRF, at the Michelle U. If you have any questions about horse racing, horse, especially horse racing ownership, email me. I don't care. Please, Billy at littleredfeather.com. Michelle, be safe. Have a great weekend. And thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.